Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Welcome to episode 74 of Smart Enough to Know Better, a podcast of science, comedy, and ignorance. I am Gregoire. And I'm Dan Beeston. And this is a special... Yes. Mm. What makes it so special it's, is that we're doing less work. That's right. Dan is going away. That's what makes it special. Oh, yeah. That's right. not true. That's not true. Everyone's going to miss you, Dan. Well, you don't, you don't have to. Don't mollycoddle the boy, listener, for goodness sakes. He's, he, yes, he's going away. He's having a wonderful time, but he's doing this now, so you don't have to miss him. Ah, oh, what a guy. Yeah, yeah. Fair bit of effort, too. Yeah. Now, it's not all old stuff. Nope. We've got some of our favourite stuff. Absolutely. And some of your favourite stuff. Some of your favourite stuff. So don't Over the next two episodes. Oh, so we're going to tell that? Uh, no, just this episode then. <laughs> the next episode's just all f- just, we have the chaff. Worst, we have best one and the worst one. Yeah, the yeah, best one, best and, the one worst and the worst one. one. So this is the best episode, yeah. and then we're going to do all the worst episodes. Yeah. But, which is just rebroadcasting episode one. That's <laughs> where uh, it sounds like I'm in a bucket. <laughs> no, there's a little bit of new stuff. I found a couple of segments that just didn't fit in anywhere else. Stuff that even I haven't heard. Yeah. I have to listen to it. I mean, you did say it. Well, yeah, but I, I don't listen to myself. No. Obviously. Obviously. But <laughs> there's a couple of, there's a new song in this one. You've been putting your songs in. Yeah. Lovely, lovely. And then uh, some of our favourite stuff and some of your favourite stuff. Brilliant. So, not I don't interviews. know how long it's going to go for. Just, you know, not interviews. Not because, interviews. Because you can go back and listen to the interviews on your own time and because they're, they're all set one podcast. Yeah, this is all they're easy to find and they're quite long. And they're fun. And there's this all the fun stuff, that yeah. all interesting stuff that we've liked and you've liked over the years. Over the four years we've been around. Yeah. Woohoo. I don't know how long it goes for. We'll all know at the end. But if, if it does go for like an hour and 40 minutes per episode, there's no new stuff at the end. So just turn it off when you're bored. That's fine. <laughs> We still believe it. It's fine. And if you want to listen to the whole thing, you go to an hour and 40 minutes. Maybe. I don't know. Or maybe it's 25 minutes. Maybe it only heads up to 25 minutes. We don't know. Haven't counted. (laughs) But let's find out now. Let's find out together. You know what keeps me up at night? Well, used to, until I found out the answer to my problem. But you know what used to Um, keep me up at night? Getting anxious about bees. That's pretty scary, actually. The bees are in decline. There's a high. No, too many bees. Th- th- Get what? rid of them all. No, no. That's why I've been. Si- that's why I've been getting rid of them. No. I snuck this thing into pesticides. No, no. <laughs> anyway, there's a hive near my house. I, I got very excited. I actually found a natural hive of honeybees near my house. Near your house? Near my house? Yes, in in the suburbs. It's and like, the council, it's like, half, like the twenty minute walk from the c- I know, CBD. I know. It's brilliant. All these bees are like, what the hell are these bees doing here? And then we're bees. And then I, the lady who owned the house, but that well, that, that, that was next. It was on the road. Like it wasn't. Uh-huh. It was a like council nature strip area and she's like yeah the bees i've been here for 40 years i was like that's awesome and so yeah and people come in and try and burn them out like that sucks and he's like yeah but the council's put up this big shield for them that's awesome so like it's really awesome like they just they just so are they are they they australian bees no they're honeybees they're 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 honeybees honeybees doing the honeybee thing and there used to be the nice lady told me that there used to be australian beehive in there as well but she hasn't seen them so it looks like they used to live together quite well but the ones the australians have left Gone somewhere else. I remember going. damn loud Europeans with their vuvuzelas. I, I went for a, a Goal! walk. I went for a walk with my lovely wife. Oh. And we, uh, and I went, oh, there's not going to hear the babbling of a brook. I went, oh, let's go have a look at that little waterfall type babbling of a brook thing. And I walked down into this, into the creek bed and there's no water there. I'm like, where is this, where is this water coming from? And I'm getting, wandering down this thing. I'm like, 
it's really close. There's obviously a waterfall around it. There's no friggin' water here. And I realise that about three metres ahead of me is a beehive with swarms and swarms of bees around what? it. And I was like, oh, I'm allergic to them. Don't move. <laughs> slowly, very slowly. And now we have to record next to this hive because I have to come to it every time. Anyway. I'm not worried about the bees. We've got <laughs> sidetracked by bees. I love the bees. No, bees, they think now that they've worked out what's going on with the bees and we are losing them. What? What? There's, 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 as in, they have? Yeah, there, there, there's oh, ideas. shit. There's ideas. How did they find me? <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. Your patsies took the fall. Anyway, what I'm worried about, it's not, I'm not worried about bees. What are you, what's keeping you up at what night? What keeps you up at night is I always wondered how the pyramids were made. Really? Yes. That's Pyra- what, keeping you yes. up at night? Because when I was young, it was like, the pyramids, these giant 20-ton blocks mm-hmm. could only be moved by UFOs. Yeah, and that's, that's right. <laughs> so Simple. Course, not, and then I they went, sleeping like a baby. And then they went... And, and I, I wake up in the morning feeling re- sore and probed and my window is left open. <laughs> that's just me. Now, uh, the... Oh, God. <laughs> So the um the the uh, and then they when the UFO is like you keep reading into it you get a bit older and you realize UFO is madness and then you go hang on and they go it was the Jews as in the slaves the Jewish slaves millions upon millions of them so many Jews lifting rocks and that was the whole idea that was the big thing because it's in the Bible whole you know Exodus is all about Jews leaving Egypt but all right later on they realized they went actually the Jews never were actually captured by the Egyptians the Egyptians didn't capture the Jews and the Egyptians didn't have slaves that the the, the um, pyramids weren't made by slaves. Then were, who did Moses rescue? Well, that's we don't even know who was Moses rescued by. Oh, you mean, hang on. Well, Moses was a... Anyway, he was picked up by the... the UFOs? Pharaohs. I'm having a lot of trouble Stay following you. Forget all that. Forget the Jews. I just mentioned they weren't slaves and that didn't happen. None of that happened. The Egyptians didn't have slaves to make pyramids. That's not that's not the current thinking at all anymore, that the people would give their time. Because a lot of people back then did actually give their time to build great monuments because you had to. Yeah. And you didn't have much to do. Once you finished farming and gathering your crops, you had months where you're like... Well, Want to build a triangle? Yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah I'll build a triangle. And, you, and your pharaoh went, I love you, come over here, I'll kill you. And went, yay! And supposedly it was a big honour to go and, and, and go down and work on the on the pyramid. Like, it was a big thing. It wasn't oh, a, right. It wasn't a, anyway, this is not the other thing. I was interested in this sort of stuff, always have been. But, of course, they didn't have winches and pulleys. Why and not? They, they, they hadn't invented them. They didn't exist back then. You're talking 5000 BC. They just didn't exist. Oh, okay. And oh, I know what they did have. What do they have? Levers. They, they they did have levers, but levers let you pick things up, but not move things vast distances. They didn't have wheels. Yeah. So how the hell did they get a twenty ton block to move many kilometers from the quarries? And I am talking many many kilometers. Like and and, and not just the Egyptians, but the uh, the when they built Stonehenge, the the um, the Celts built Stonehenge. I think it was the Celts. Oh, hot air balloon. Walk of shame. Uh, Big they, hot air balloon. They went from Wales into England. And, but just to talk about the Egyptians, how did they do this? Hot air balloon. Hot air balloon. Maybe no, no, no. It's it, no. Why are you so dismissive of hot, hot, hot air balloons? Well, oh, you cruise around in a comedy blimp, feeling <laughs> so under power. Hot air balloons are a viable source they, of they transport. Are. They Greg. are. They are. But I don't think the Egyptians use hot air balloons. What they think they used, which is really, really interesting, is water. Plain old water. The University of Amsterdam believe, based on A, trying it themselves, and B, hieroglyphics on the walls, that what they did was they'd take a block on sand and they would pour water in front of it and they'd pull the block onto the sand 
the watery sand and they would keep it lubricated. And as long as they kept it lubricated exactly the right amount, kept pouring enough water, then it would reduce the shear modulus and reduce the friction, therefore. Yeah. And the block would just slide frictionless over the top of the sand. So you had men pulling it. You pour water in front of it and around it. And as long as you had exactly the right amount of water, it would aquaplane across the top wow. and you can make the whole thing move the secret is though no, the problem is if you put too much water then you've you've uh, it becomes way too gluggy yeah. and the whole thing sinks into the sand you get a bog and, and you get a bog and it's friction increases and it doesn't move so there was this exact science of adding enough water and taking away some water letting it evaporate and then just keeping it lubricated perfectly to move these 20 ton blocks scores of kilometers from yeah. quarries to the uh, to the pyramid. Now, I saw something quite interesting many years ago about how you can move really heavy stuff with levers. Really? Yeah, because okay. what happens is you get... If you've got a great big stone and you could stick something nice and strong in the very center of it... Yes. ...then it would balance. Like, the whole thing would kind of balance on the middle. Yes. Like, all that weight would be in balance. And you get a big lever under there and sort of... Grab it on one thing, and if you put that little point a little bit to the side, you could swing the entire thing around eighty degrees, and then put and then let it drop down onto a like second kind of point. crab walk it basically. Yeah, so you <sighs> swing it, and you, it's kind of like when you get a washing machine and it's mm. really heavy, and you kind of waddle yes, it. Yes, you do. Into yes. yes, I suppose you could do that. I think the look, look, look and at he, the, the guy, and then went, "Can you prove it?" And the guy went, "Yeah, I'll prove it." And he moved his own barn all by himself. <laughs> He got a barn and just got these giant rods and just moved his barn across a field. Took what? Took a while. Yeah, but you got when you got a lot more men to do it and and people who want to do it. Exactly. That. I think this is one of those things. I always love when you hear about these primitive. In, I'm waving my hands in a in a you know inverted commas kind of way. Society. Yeah. And you realise these people have amazing knowledges that we've lost. Yeah. And because we don't need them because we've got hydraulic machines and we've got. Oh, do we ever? Yeah, that, we don't need that sort of craziness. We anymore. should totally make more pyramids. It'd we be should, much easier now. Well, one of the reasons we don't make pyramids is we now have the five day working week. We haven't got time, and the weekend you all pooped. So a lot of the time, like uh, in Scarabray in Scotland, I'm not I'm jumping around here. I got really into the uh, Scarabray. The there was like a, a, a fishing village, a Neolithic fish, fishing village, and those people, and it actually made stone houses and they had pipes that they, they would poo in their houses and it would go down the pipes out to sea. Like they had plumbing, cool Neolithic plumbing, and these people would only work. Three days a week. Oh, sounds lovely. Fishing and they mainly fished, and, and back then there were all, uh, there were orchards and trees on the islands because they were just, the climate has changed. And then they said three days a week. What did you do for? And what they did was build dirty great stone hinges or hinges all over the place, and they and built Maze Howe, this this big stone monument. And that's what people did. They they did these amazing things because they had the time. They didn't just play their Xboxes. Let's go move some rocks. Let's move some rocks. Up in the morning and the kitchen floor is all covered in conflicts. I can see your willowy silhouette in the hole that you left in the wall. How am I gonna keep you, baby? I'm using myself as bait. Are you gonna kill me, maybe? It's a death that's worse than fake. You knocked me out and I gave my life. Gush 
pushing and splattering through my veins when I made you my monster And the where, like the when it was yesterday, the way the wind and the water ran down as you rose out of Tokyo Bay. Tanks fall under your feet, short range missiles get under your skin. How can I defeat you, baby? When I secretly want you to win, and I knew all the dangers when I put my hand inside your blouse. And the ring that I gave you It was coming from inside the house Turn out all the light bulbs I can tell you're there By the breathing sounds that you make Checking behind me as the pressure builds up It's more than this blood-filled heart can take They told me run away I didn't listen to a word they said You give me a kiss on the back of the neck now you're climbing under the bed You knocked me out And I gave my life I love your curves I prefer your spikes And I'm hiding under the blanket Just above you And I love you Yes, I love you Yes, I love my monster Christmas, Greg. Merry Christmas, Dan. It's almost Christmas, and when this podcast comes out, it'll be just days away. <laughs> Very exciting. And all of the all of the magic of Christmas time. I love it. The, the, love the baby's getting born. Oh. Oh, actually, I was on Twitter, and there was some talk about atheists don't have any morals, so they can have sex with animals. Awesome. Can we? Why are so, we wasting our time here? Yeah, and then I said, well, wait a second. I thought that the, the one element of, of cross-species sexification in the Bible mm. actually resulted in Jesus. Because <laughs> that was that was God nailing Mary. Nice. So that created like this. Right. Yeah. I see. So and then someone else said, "Well, didn't the angels?" And I said, "No, no genitals on your angel." That was the Sodomites having a go at the angels. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes but I no see. holes. Mm, well, mm. I guess poo holes. Different, Do angels have bums? And look, look, what angels are we talking about here? You want to go Old Testament angels? They didn't even look human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wings of fire and, like, 800 wings and eyes out to Wahoo. Too much magic. Too much magic. And yet, I love Jewish angels. When you just go, when you you want to go crazy, it's Jewish angel time. Yeah. You don't want Jewish angels in your house. Put some lamb's blood on the door or else you're in trouble. Yeah, it's like they will come in and they will kick open your dummy. Yep. And that's one type of Christmas magic. The other type of Christmas magic (laughs) is Santa Claus. Yay. (gasps) Welcome to the Crypto Zoo! Christmas Crypto Zoo! Yes, indeed. Presents for all of us. Where we get to deal with some sort of strange 
mythical creature uh, and look at it in a scientific way. There is no strange creature in Santa Claus myth. Not one. It's Not all one. grounded in reality. Flying reindeer. Except that one. Yes. And elves. Well. And, and the fact that Santa can get around the world very quickly. Yeah. Anyway. Flying reindeer. Flying reindeers. Yes. How do, how do reindeer fly? Yeah. Interesting. And, and, and what, what else needs to uh, be thought about? In that situation. Yes. Because yes. reindeer, they eat grass. Yes, they do. Well, normal reindeer do. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not flying reindeer. No? Well, well, uh, just, hummingbirds. Yes. So, yeah, well, they, they need a lot of energy. That's what I'm trying to say. But I think we're jumping ahead here. Yep. Let's, let's not talk about the fuel. Let's talk about the mechanics first. Okay. So, flying reindeer. Yeah. How do they fly? Um, do they have wings? They, they never portrayed as having no, wings, do no, they? No, no wings. So no. Not, and, and it can't be jet powered because it would stand us behind it. And he would get blasted with like like reindeer flame. So maybe I mean can't. Santa Claus has got a lot of magic going on. No, no, he's or... he's in a no, no. We're not, we're not talking about magic. No, you're, magic. that's right. Yeah. Skip those no magic. Okay. So he's, he's sitting shields. in a giant sleigh. No, no. But, uh, we're talking. We're trying to work it out. Like okay, you, you can't just declare magic force fields. Okay, no, all right. Declare magic. Okay, I, I'm not. Uh, he's, he's in a big sleigh. Yep. And it's sitting behind. Yep. Twelve reindeer. Thirteen reindeer. Twelve. Uh, twelve. Twelve. Uh, twelve. Twelve reindeer. Unless foggy. Yes, that's right. And then they have the. And we'll get back to him. I've yeah. thought about him. So they can't be flying flame back on Santa. He could maybe put the sleigh slightly higher, and they could be underneath, or they could be above him, maybe pulling at an angle. Mm. That's very dangerous. Or just from a from a from a center point. So it's like this big don't this Taurus of, of <laughs> or, reindeer. Or maybe they the fly center. like geese, and so Santa's in a, it's in a it's in a big arrow, and so Santa's getting a bit of each reindeer is behind the other reindeer at an angle, and they're all getting in the eddies like Mythbusters. I like, watched Mythbusters show recently, oh, yeah. and it actually works. They prove that geese actually are getting some sort of aerodynamic lift. I'll put a link to that. Yep. And so maybe Santa's going, hmm, these reindeer aren't very aerodynamic, but if they go behind each other, it's going to give them a five percent boost. Ah, so that's important. But they haven't got wings. Haven't got jets. No. What how else can they fly then? Uh, snakes don't have wings. Well spotted. Which is one of the most well obvious things ever. But some snakes flatten themselves out to 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 glide. Oh, gliding reindeer. Yeah. From the North Pole. Yeah. So if if gravity worked slightly different, they could just jump from the North Pole to the South Pole and see that doesn't work. No. No, 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 that's okay. not really working. It's so flat. It has to be somewhere. It has to be a way to get up and out and then down. Because they, they go yeah. up and down a lot. They can't just glide. Now, there are some creatures that kind of fly, yes. but they don't fly through the air. Ooh. They fly through the ocean. But, but just so you know, fluid dynamics is all the same. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yes. So you could have, it could, they, could, they could swim like a fish. Yes. But then they don't have the big tails and stuff. And air is a lot less thick. Indeed. Um, what about the, uh, those tiny little microscopic creatures with phil- philia? Is that what they're called? Um, uh, yes. Yeah, the, uh... It's called philium. Is, is that the no, little things no, that, yes, that they no, travel with? No, um, no it's not. Um, phylum? Philum? Ah! Should know this. Don't remember it. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Little, but little tiny hairs. Yes. Go, yes. Could the reindeer, all their hairs, be turned into philia to swim through the medium of the air? Yes, they could. Yep. That's, that's fine. But... Unfortunately, scaling, going from very small to very big, mm-hmm. the laws change weirdly very mm-hmm. quickly. Even from something like a, like a tiny, tiny golf ball to a cannonball mm-hmm. changes everything. Like it makes a big difference. You can't just make a, you can't just go lots of hairs on a small thing, amoeba size, therefore it can move through water. Therefore we scale it up to a reindeer size and therefore lots of hairs fly. I don't, I don't think that would be acceptable. The, mm-hmm. the, the, the water, the, sorry, the, the fluid it's swimming through or flying through, the air, it would have to be, like jelly. Uh. I think I have to get thicker for the size of it. My guess would be. But, okay, so maybe 
magnetism. 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 Now, why, go with me on this one. All right. The North Pole, right? Yep. North Pole. So the top of the planet. Yep. We're talking magnetic. I'm going to say magnetic north, not the north physical north pole of the planet. Yeah. Important differentiation. There's a difference of, of quite a few tens of kilometers, but it moves around a lot. I'm going to say Santa's... Wait, so, so, sorry, the, mm. the actual north pole. The physical north pole of the planet. Not the... Mag- not magnetic north. I want magnetic north, not the north pole of the planet. Okay. That's where Santa is, is the, situated. The other thing is that okay, the, the planet's a giant magnet. Yes. And the magnetic north is at the north. Yeah. So it's, it's a little bit a little bit away from the actual north pole. Yes. The, like the axis that it yeah. spins around. Mm. So the magnetic north pole is at the top mm. and the magnetic south pole is at the bottom. Yes. But it's a giant magnet. Yes. And if you compare that to any other magnet in the world, that giant magnet its North Pole is yes, at the bottom, I was say and that, its yes. South Pole is at the top. This, this blew my mind when I was on here. I can't remember where I found that, but it blew when I finally. And I went, oh my God! Of course, if you have a, a compass and you point it at something, the North Pole of your compass points to, to the, the south. The, the, yeah, well, it should point to the opposite. Magnets opposites yeah. attract north to south. So the the North of your compass must be attracted to the opposite of what it's what it is. So the North must be pointing to the South magnetic pole. So why do they call the North Pole the North Pole, the North Physical Pole and the North Magnetic Pole? Because people in Europe thought they were the only people in the world and they thought they were awesome. So they're not, they don't live on the bottom of the world. They live at the top of the world. Mm-hmm. They, so therefore, it's only because we, where the planet is. But yeah, you're right. It's Technically, that is the South Magnetic Pole, though we don't call it that. We call it the North Magnetic Pole. Mm. And we look forward to your emails, how we're wrong, and, uh, but we're not. And <laughs> on that one, it's, it's weird, but it's true. Yeah. Right, so what gonna, you're saying is that reindeer are made of ferrous material. So I, don't, don't jump ahead. Dan. Okay, jump all ahead. right. Sorry. Well, important to give some information. The North Magnetic Pole is interesting because that's where all the particles smash into the Earth from the sun. All the, all the solar wind, yep. the, the Van Allen's belt, which protects our planet and stops us all getting sort of horribly fried mm-hmm. from a coronal mass uh, event. Yep. That gets energized and all zooms down and, and it smashes away and gets taken away from us, but it, get, it runs into the Earth at the north and south magnetic poles. Yep. And that's why you start getting auroras and that sort of stuff. Which yes. Is, and you get colors in space. So all this energy is smashing into the ground, which means we have a better vector for mutation to start off with. Oh. See, see? Ha, huh, thinking here. Okay, so, good. So reindeer that live up there, which I don't think they do, but Santa probably has a herd up there for quite a while. I, I doubt they live that far north, in fact, but they're there. And so mm. Santa's kept them there. That's why he lives at the North Pole. So he's mutated reindeer. And okay. And he just keeps selecting over the years. So the takes he wants. Oh, so you don't think that they evolved naturally? Oh, God, no, no. They're okay. flying reindeer. What are you, mad? All right. They're no, sorry. Mad. Sorry, all right. Yeah, Science gone crazy. Flying reindeer. Of course they didn't evolve. <laughs> Ridiculous. So, my theory is, he, you can't just breed in flight into a reindeer. That doesn't work. No. But if you gave them a diet that they could have some, some sort of metal in their bones, maybe, or mm-hmm. some sort of like a swim bladder made of metal, um, flight bladder. Yeah. And when they are energized, it gives the opposite polarity to the planet. And so the harder they go, oh, like piezoelectric, piezoelectric crystals. When you when you flex them, they give off they give off electricity. Yeah. So maybe that's they flex, they flex, 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 flex inside, like, and uh, like Kegel Kegel exercises. Mm-hmm. And they can, and they and they drift away. And they, and and the harder they push, the more electricity is formed, and it makes the opposite polarity, and it lifts off the ground. Oh. Yeah. There you go. That's my theory. Ooh. And in the North Pole, they're energized. I mean, that's because that's the, the, the muscles in their body wouldn't be able to maintain that for long. But they've been sitting in all this wonderful soup of, of solar wind from space mm. the whole year. Think about it, the whole year. Ah. 
and that's so and, that's been energizing. And they're like, mm, and they and they're like holding each other down, like hold down, no, hold down. Okay, go. That's why it has to be done really quickly in one night. Mm. We're full of energy. Go. Ah. But the sad thing is, here's my th- sad point. Yes. You know, come dan- dancer, come Donna, come Blitz, and the other stuff. You know, Rudolph yeah. and all the rest. I can't remember the name. Come, you should know this. We should know this. But I don't think I think they're call signs. Dancer, and- prancer, Donna, and Blitzen. Blitzen. Comet, Comet Cupid. Cupid, Wanda, and Vixen. <laughs> There's Vixen. I don't think it's Wanda. It's but not Wanda. Wanda. Uh, Sneezy. Sneezy. Toby. But anyway, and, and Rudolph. Now, they call signs, not names, actual reindeer. Because Ooh. these things probably mutate to all buggery, and they probably get horrible tumors. Ah. So there's a, so the, the, when Donna dies, the next Donna steps into the place. I see. So that's my guess. That's it's, We don't mention that to the kitties. Okay. Magnetism, that's great. Yeah. And yep. it also works for Rudolph, because he has a piezoelectric nose. Ah. So he's managed to put all his crystals into his top of his head, and now he's got like a glowing face. Right. If he just goes, he frowns. And more than other reindeer, all the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. Yep. They never let poor Rudolph join into the reindeer games. Now, that was a reason for that. Mm-hmm. And the reason was... Uh, hooked up to a drip in a hospital because of the tumour. No, wait. No, no, no that's, that's later. No, no, no. Okay. Don't, don't. <laughs> no, no, because they needed him to cry and be sad because when he tensed his face up, the piezoelectric crystals <laughs> in his face would be activated and his nose would light up. They need to do it. it it's horrific, but they have to make him sad. Ah. If he's happy... He doesn't generate enough. Gotcha. But don't you move more? Don't you move more facial muscles when you smile than when you frown? No, no, no. More f- facial muscles when you frown than ah, when well, you smile. Ah, well, there you go. That's fine. <laughs> so you make him frown. There you go. So I think it's magnetic. That's my guess. I uh, see. Hummingbirds need to eat a lot mm. in order oh, just to stay alive. Yes, they do. Yeah. So it's like little sugar, little bits of nectar and stuff. Yes. So all the little birds that eat grain and stuff. Yep. But big birds, mm. fish, rabbits. Like albatrosses are one of the, oh, the right. biggest birds. I think fish and rabbits aren't birds. Yeah, big birds big like bird. fish and rabbits. Sorry. Yeah, what? big birds. Albatrosses eat fish. Yes, hawks eat rabbits, and they eat, they also eat small children. They they need a lot of energy to keep that mass up in the air. Yes. So I'm thinking reindeer. Yeah, carnivorous. Okay, like flying reindeer. I'll go with carnivorous. This. Yeah, meat meat's a very very highly packed yeah. source of energy. Because they need yeah. energy. I mean, you're saying they're absorbing it out of the stratosphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to come at it from a point of view where they evolved up there. Oh, okay, fair enough. Rather than we're Oh, bred. I see. You're one of those evolutionary reindeer people. Well, I'm an intelligent design reindeer person. Right. I understand. No, fair enough. You have your little little Darwinian evolutionary flying goddamn reindeer. Okay. I, love the, I love the magic man with a beard making them, thanks. Now, uh, <laughs> six months of winter up there. Yes. Dark. Yeah. So they need to feed. They're yes. carnivores and they need to feed. Right. How to fish lure in stuff when they're at the bottom of the ocean? Lights. Lights. Nice. So occasionally there is one in the group that can actually light up their nose oh. to draw in the prey. That's Just right. like uh, sometimes there's, there's a harem of female fish. Yes. And then if there's no male fish, then one of them will turn into a male fish. I see. Oh. Yeah. So the Rudolph. So there's only ever one Rudolph. Yes. Once again, a call sign. I like that. Yes. Yeah. Watch out. There's a Rudolph. Yeah, it's it's like it's like the runt, except it's the other yes, end. Yes. It's the Rudolph of the group. I like it. Okay, and not just not just fish, unfortunately, because you'd be out there and you'd be like, "Oh my god, I've, I've I was trying to get to the North Pole, and I, and, and I want to be the first man to make it, and I oh I'm lost, I'm lost, I can't get." Mm. Do the noises. Do the noises. Oh. I'm lost in the North Pole, and my Inuit friends. I don't know why they're with me because we didn't go that way, but they've left too. I'm, wait, what's that red light? It must be a cabin. 
Maybe it's Jolly St. Nick. I'll just walk towards it. I do like that, the nose being an evolutionary mm. to, to, to attract prey. Yeah. Nice red, blood red. They, they're carnivorous. Okay, they, they're they, carnivorous? Yes. They've got a ferrous bladder? Yes, some sort that's of... That's powered by piezoelectric yes. current? Yes, that's right. Piezoelectric crystals that make... Eating a lot of food yes. and absorbing radiation yes, out yes. of the sky. Yes, nice. Into the aurora. And that's why they fly. That's why they want to fly. They want to get to the aurora. That's the whole thing. They, they, they need to get up to the closer. Once they get going, they know there's more energy up there. Ah. So they can bask much higher. So they, they begin with like, and they go, flex, 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 and they go into the sky and they get more energy. Therefore, they get higher in the sky. Oh, there's a good horror film in this. <laughs> Evil Merry Santa. Christmas to all and to all a good night. <laughs> Sir, Mr. Wah. Ah, uh, Beeston, yes? You wanted to talk to me? Sir, there's an issue with our hinge. Oh, yes. Something about the dates? Well, as you know, we're rapidly approaching the BCAD changeover, moving from before Christ to Anno Domini. Yes, that's going to be one hell of a party, yeah? Well, when the first hinges were designed, they lacked processing power, and so to save on limestone, they were only designed for the date to reduce by one each year. Unfortunately, our systems are built on the same specs. What does that mean? They can't count upwards, sir. Soon it'll be 1 AD, then 2 AD. There's a good chance that the hinge will fail. All right. Well, I'll get a couple of druids from IT onto it on Monday. Sir, I've already talked to the druids. It's not just a case of burning some heather. They call it the Y0K bug, and it requires someone going through the entire system with a fine-tooth comb and possibly some rebuilds. What? Rebuilds? That'll cost a fortune. Surely this date thing isn't a big problem. Most of our stuff is running on the new micro-henges these days anyway. Yes, sir. They're all built to switch over without skipping a beat, but they all sink back to the main Stonehenge. Ah, oh, shit. It's worse than that, sir. Farming hardware, flight navigation... Oh, no! Sunrise, sir. No, uh, no. Surely it's the sun that governs the henge. No one can tell me for sure, sir. All they know is that the sun rising is intricately bound up with the henge system. Christ almighty. I blame him too, sir. I was desperately floundering around trying to make you look like a fool in the walk of shame. (laughs) So I was learning all about language. Bless bless your heart. How it developed. (laughs) Oddly enough, I discovered that language has a really strong relationship to right-handedness. The uh, the left hand side of the brain is where most humans process linear reasoning and language. The mm-hmm. right hand is where uh, we process visual and oral information, spatial manipulation, and facial perception, along with artistic ability. Now, humans are the only modern primates that show a preference for right hand dominance. So the other great apes aren't the left or the ambidextrous. No, or? Neanderthals were. They were right handed. Neanderthals were right handed. Right. So how that, they how they know that. Uh, because what they were doing is Neanderthals would actually bite on flesh. Mm-hmm. When you bite on oh. flesh with the teeth, they found the teeth, and the teeth had uh, stri- stri- striations. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, Where? In, partic- in a particular angle that showed that they were tugging from their right-hand right. side more often than oh. their left-hand side. How interesting. 
That's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but between 70 and 90% of people today are right-hand dominant. Mm. The left-handed minority has consistently been 10 to 30% throughout history. Mm. Uh, and when analysed, individuals who are left-handed show brain activity related to language being in the left-hand side of the brain, so the same as right-handed people. Mm-hmm. So language is mm. back to front for them. Or in both sides of the brain. So they've got ambidextrous right. language stuff going huh. on. And I guess the assumption could be made that it's because our brains have have evolved to be very fluid and plastic Mm, plastic. and learn things that they're not supposed to learn Mm. quite well. Uh, (laughs) But left-handed children have a statistically significant increase in language development problems, specifically sound distinction Mm. and being able to understand subtle language elements. Right. Interesting. So they're not better at language. No. So the because the, left handed people always make the uh, make the claim that they're more artistic. They're artistic people and right they're much more artistic and more articulate. They they may be more artistic, they're probably not more articulate. Well, possibly they're making their creative parts of their brain take care of the language and mm. so they're addressing language in a more creative fashion. Yes. But they're not decoding language effectively. Yes. As as effectively as a right-handed person. Yeah. It's yes. like Daredevil. Of course, it Just is pinging yes. and getting that's of course being blind, being blind, but being able to see everything. I understand, really, and suddenly being able to do backflips, and uh, which makes no sense. But of course, the other problem we have to point out about left-handed people is that they are sinister. What are you talking about? Why? What a horrible thing to say! No, they are sinister. Every left-handed person I've ever met has been sinister. No, 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 no. That's horrible. No. They're, they're not. De- they're not demons. I didn't say. They're that. not monsters. I said they were sinister. They're not like Dexter from that TV show. <laughs> he's probably left-handed. I never checked actually. I'll check now. But anyway, every left person. Of course, he's not. He's named after his right-handedness. <laughs> oh wow, he is too. Ah, oh, yes. That's right. So your left hand is your sinister hand. It's You're your... like, oh, you should pick Dexter out of the air. Yeah. No, no, that was isn't. a very well thought out That's joke. A, that, and and all the people who got that joke yes. from the get-go is like uh, uh, just delighting in the fact, oh, look how much cleverer we are than Greg. That's very good. And they're doing the dance just like I'm doing now. <laughs> Let's, look how much cleverer we are than Greg. Because we always dress up in our, in our suits and ties. I'm and in my vests. tux. And Dan's in his tux, but he's like the tux up way after the wedding and after the uh, party after the wedding. And after I've shagged one of the bridesmaids. His shirt is like half undone because it's so hot in no, this it's room. it's fully undone. It's, <laughs> it's fully undone. I was trying to give you some level of... of um, Decorum? Decorum, yeah. no, I've got a kind of a Peter Allen thing happening. <laughs> it's true. Especially with the vivid colours on the sleeves. <laughs> so your, your left hand is your sinister hand. That is your sinister my hand. My tuxedo shirt Named is the mullet. The left. What? My, my, my tuxedo shirt is the mullet of shirts because when the coat's on, it's all business out down the front. Take the coat off and it's like 80s colours on the sleeves. It is. And I think this deserves a picture. Oh, right. Yeah. I, I think it deserves You can't talk about it like this and not be photographed. And so now, listener, you can race to our links and find a picture of sexy Dan with his sexy shirt open, but still keeping the smart ass no better rule of wearing a suit. Yeah, as well. But your left hand, sinister hand. Your right hand suit? is your dexterous hands. Right? Birthday suit is the is the is the backup. I thought of this when I walked in if, today. I went. We had, we said we'd wear a suit. It doesn't say it can't be the birthday suit. And then I went. We are actually going to be having guests in the podcast recording room today. I just thought they don't want to see us. I was assuming our... whenever we forget to bring our suit yes. to the other place, that's going to be end up being the fault. <laughs> Let's enforce that. Welcome, Greg, to the Crypto Zoo. I feel so excited. Here at the Crypto Zoo, there are all sorts of animals that don't actually exist. They're all fictional animals. So cryptozoology is the study of things like Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster. You have to be careful. I know people out there who get very angry. You just call them fictional. Maybe 
unfound animals. Unfounded animals. El Chapa Nibre. No, that's the mm. one. No, that's the one from Futurama, which is also fictional. Mm. Uh, so was it Chupacabra? Chupacabra. Yes. But tonight, I'd like to talk about Gremlins <laughs> from the movie Gremlins in our science podcast. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Because what we're going to do is we're going to de- deconstruct how gremlins work in a scientific manner. <laughs> okay. Now I have a gremlin here, and oh, uh, ah. so if you'll just make the first incision. Right. No, no, no. Now, what do you know about gremlins? From, from the 80, 1984 movie? Yes. The first one? Okay. <laughs> we're so old. Um, let's see. Don't feed them after midnight. Don't feed them after midnight. Don't get them wet. Don't get them wet. And don't put them in direct sunlight. Yeah. Or and what, what, happens light. If you, what happens if you put them in uh, bright light? They die. Yes. They, they shrivel they up. They sizzle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they burn they and burn. they sizzle Yeah, up. that's right. Uh, what happens if you get them wet? They also sizzle, but and they get little blisters and new gremlins. Well, mogwais. Mogwais. Mogwais, yes. The little furry ones. Yeah. get new mogwais. And they have different personalities. So they're not, cl- <laughs> they're not clones, yeah. they're, they're, but they're, they're variants of them, yes. of, of the first one. And what happens if you feed them after midnight? They turn into gremlins. That's true. The angry little reptilian ones. Okay, so what can we derive from these facts? Facts. <laughs> what can we derive from these facts? <laughs> from these very interesting... Say, let's start with the, uh, the sunlight one. Yes. What does this in- imply to you about... It the... lives in caves. It lives in... Or it's nocturnal. It's nocturnal or it lives in caves. Yes. yes. Or a... under, under the sea. But that's a bit ridiculous. Not that the gremlin. Oh, but maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. But the gremlin form could be the undersea form. Oh no, 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 it couldn't because that's pretty there. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. The... So it sleeps in caves in yep. the day and it ventures out at night. Yeah. And it's furry, so it needs the fur to keep itself warm in a mm. cave. Now I think we might skip ahead to the Ooh. don't feed it after midnight. One, yes. Because that's the really interesting one. <laughs> what does that imply to you? Because what happens if you feed them after midnight? They transform into the little... They go into a cocoon. Oh, yes. They pupate or they change inside the cocoon and they come out in a different form. Yes, yes. Now, we have animals that do this, like butterflies and stuff. That's right. Some creatures have, like, four different forms. Yes. They start off as a little weevil and they move on to a bug. Actually, have you heard there's theories now that uh, triceratops, dinosaurs, had different forms. Really? Yes, there's theories now that, let me think, triceratops is the one I'm thinking of. There's another one, I think it's there's triceratops and there's there's a smaller one. It has a very similar name. Its horns face the other way. They don't face the same way. Mm -hmm. And now they're saying they're not separate animals. One's the adolescent version of the other oh, right. and they actually physiologically change a lot so as they wow. get older they're not just like us we get bigger and we kind of fill out and change i mean humans change a bit but you can still oh, baby human adult human they actually think that changes there's a theory now that these are they which could cut out hundreds of dinosaur species as different stages of the same dinosaur wow. especially um velociraptors or raptors in general yep. with their feathers you know because everyone everyone now knows the velociraptors are feathered surely they were feathered animals, not yep. like not like. Um, it's so girly though. But, like uh, it's, it's like the it's turned it's, these no. ultimate killing machines into these ultimate gay killing and machines. The, and they, they still kick your face off. They're fabulous. No, 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 no. Look, there's nothing. Look, there's nothing. Oh, I just don't agree with that. It's just that I'm worried about terror birds. I, I, mm. I worry about large mowers. We talked about this already. Yeah. These, I'm terrified of birds. Now you've got a bird with reptilian attitude. No, very scary. But okay, so they supposedly the raptors had different feather types. There's oh, a theory right. that when they were young, they had different feathers. To when they were older, and then when they were really old, they, all the feathers kept changing shape, not just bigger or smaller, but actually changing. So, yes, there's a lot of... Cutting back to gremlins, yep. it seems to be this is something that animals can do. Yes. And have done. Okay, so but what does this imply to you about the mogwai? That it uh, must feed at dusk. Oh, no, it can't. Well, the thing is, like... if it's got this process, then this means that in the wild, mm. when it feeds when it feeds... Yes. Uh, eventually, at some point, it's going to feed after midnight. Unless Especially it knows it... In- instinctively not to do it. 
Well, I mean, but that, that's not the case in the movie. In the movie, they all want to eat. Oh, okay. So and they you have to prevent them from eating. So after maybe midnight. maybe it means that around midnight, around about midnight. How long do they? How long do they pupate for? Like, is it quick? Uh, no, a day, day or two. Oh, okay. Maybe where they evolved, uh, they uh, <laughs> they have a really dangerous predator. So they have the nice mogwai form, which yeah. which, which they mate and they yay, they get wet and they make more of them. Wee, they fill a whole area. They get eaten a lot. That's mm-hmm. oh, that explains that. That's why they have to they they reproduce by water touch because yeah. they're getting eaten all the time. Yum 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 yum. And the only way they can keep up and survive is by pumping out more children. Yeah. Boom, 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 and they get yum 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 yum. Eating, eating. So there's a terrible predator out there. Yeah. And after a while, so you had this mogwai doing its thing. In the end, one mutated and learnt. Well, you know, I mean, learnt, but went through this process of pupating this really dangerous form mm-hmm. because that meant it didn't have to worry about the predator anymore. It became the top predator by transforming into something that could kill the top predator or had yeah. better chance of surviving the top predator but, interesting but then again why isn't the world full of gremlins well because mm. well probably because the, there's always a balance something else will be eating yeah. the gremlin now but not eating the mogwai maybe the mogwai lives with the big top predator they have a symbiotic relationship but something else eats the mogwai so something else comes oh, yeah. when the mogwai transforms into a gremlin that's when its old protector eats it ah well this is something <laughs> I got confused with because yeah with the water they can reproduce Yes. So a, a mogwai will get wet and it will reproduce and f- create more mogwais. But if a gremlin gets wet, it p- creates more, more gremlins. Gremlins, yes. So the thing is, if this kept happening, then eventually all the mogwais would have eaten after midnight yes. and you'd end up with more gremlins than mogwais. So there needs to be another way to reproduce with gremlins. So Making mogwais. My, yes, to right. make mogwais. So, because obviously the gremlin is the adult form. Oh, you know, mogwai uh, is the juvenile. Yes, but yes. The thing is, if you're not feeding them after midnight, mm. you are forcing a human construct on it, and you are inhibiting uh, the mogwai's growth yes. by not feeding it in a time where it can have as much energy as it needs to go into the cocoon, sleep, and then wake up. Yes, so yes. You're forcing that on it. Yes, yes. So in the you're wild, keeping it, you're keeping it. What's it called near a near near fight. Near near yeah. near N E O T E N E. I think it's neotene, uh, where some animals always stay in their juvenile form. Uh, oh, right. Never change. They, they always stay and they learn to reproduce in their in their juvenile form, which is what mogwais have done. Mm. Uh-huh. So the problem is that while they Neot- can sorry, repro- sorry, neoteny. neoteny. So they, they can do asexual reproduction, mm-hmm. but they seem to introduce uh, like massive mutations into them. Mm-hmm. They seem to be getting more information, so they, they create different types. Are they are they dumber? Do they get worse, like photocopies? Uh, they, I can't remember. They certainly got meaner in the movie, but that's only a very small sample. Yeah, size. that's right. Yeah, if we didn't see it, so I can't. I, I don't feel comfortable making that oh, sort okay. of judgment. We'd have to watch it a bit longer. But <laughs> what I what I would suggest is that the adult, because the thing is, if they can reproduce when they're in a juvenile state, then there's no point to having another state afterwards unless it helps them reproduce. So yes. I reckon that the gremlins are actually a protector state. The gremlins are the protector. In like the, the movies, they grabbed um, they grabbed Gizmo and they took him away and tied him up. Yeah, but I mean... They, they were nasty to him, but they didn't kill him. Yeah. They, they, they were really vicious to him. But then monkeys do that. Monkey troops, like the Yeah, 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 that's right. But it might, be protect- it might be a really vicious form of protection. Yeah, yeah. It might not be. But also, they were out of their natural environment. They, yes. were, they were in a building, especially gremlins yeah. too. They were in a building in New York. Well, we try not to bring too much gremlins oh, okay. in because there's oh, okay. a fair bit of uh, genetic yeah, it was. manipulation yeah, in there that was. One. That's true. That's a good point. Oh, so that's, that's good. Okay, this is gremlins one. So they, were, they, they wanted to keep the mogwais near them, mm-hmm. but they were nasty to them. So maybe, but maybe then again, animals yeah. do that. Like, yeah. that. It's horrible to think, but dolphins, who I've always called sea bastards, yeah. smiling sea bastards, I knew, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, goddamn dolphins, they, they rape. 
Yeah. They 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 will push male dolphins like packs of ten or twenty will uh, pods will push female dolphins into a bay yep. and not let them out. Yeah, and, and then they'll actually go in one at a time and rape them, yeah. and then go out. And so that, so you go well animals. That's right, sea bastards. You just watch me. Uh, so let's, let's let's wrap this up. Let's bring this into one. Okay, so the mogwai slash gremlins. Uh, have two stages in their life cycle. Mm-hmm. They can asexually reproduce yes, yes. Uh, at both stages. Bud, even. It's budding, yes. It's budding. very exciting, yes. But because they can do that, that means that a, a gremlin must be able to create more mogwais. So I, my guess is that they sexually reproduce ah, to create a, to more mogwais. More mogwais and a better genetic like a stronger genetic thing. Yes. And that... Could the um, the the ability to asexually reproduce in the Mogwai form be a much later introduction? Because the gremlins were a bit violent and a bit vicious and dangerous, and maybe if they were being picked off before they could reproduce sexually, taking your, your idea. Oh, nice. So in the end, there wasn't enough of them, and but the Mogwai mutated so that it could accidentally reproduce. Where the hell would it have to... It'd have to be somewhere with no water. It'd have to be a desert creature. Yes. Oh, yes. That's It'd the have other to thing be I'd a go. desert creature. It would have to be. Like the Death Valley. It'd have yeah. to be somewhere like the driest places on like Peru- Peruvian deserts mm. fighting that whale. Uh, <laughs> it would uh, it'd have to be because it can't be water. I mean, what does it drink if nothing? Oh, it would it'd probably eat gum leaves or something. Oh, like koalas bark. don't drink. Yes, yes. Actually, they, they do need a little bit, but that's right. Yes, your bark. Uh, bark, bark. Because I have to eat a lot of bark. Because there's, there's a lot of fluid in most foodstuffs. I just, I just realized how much fun it's going to be to take the bit where you said bark twice and uh, take that out of context. Thank you. Bark, bark. bark, uh, bark. Now I've done it. <laughs> That's, there you go. Cryptozoology. Who would have thought it would be so exciting? <laughs> <laughs> wonder what they taste like. Probably like people. Particle shot out of the sun, frenetic energy released to embarrass a gun. 500 k's a second, and it's just begun. Finger on a trigger, and a shot in the sling. A hot wind chock with hydrogen unlocked. It rocks a childlike grin of a dervish with galactic spin. Starts in the core, fusion is the cause. It gets ejected with tremendous force. Never gonna land on distant shores It respects the laws of the heliopause Starts in the core, fusion is the cause It gets ejected with tremendous force Never gonna land on distant shores It respects the laws of the heliopause Charged particles blast so incredibly fast But will soon be outclassed in a way they can't grok Petards on their mass, they are savagely cast The area trespassed Shock, slow to subsonic, in no way cathodic. The story is chronic, and what lies beneath? Turbulent frolic, cold but not conic. The particles rollick in the helio sheath. I found it theorized, hunt for the prize. Data analyzed, we search for the cause. Chance wins, capsized, galactic medium, chastised, interface, baptized. The helio, the helio, the helio. The helio, the helio, the helio pause. The helio, the helio, the helio pause. Never gonna land on distant shores. It respects the 
after you're going to get annoyed like a female orgasm created and destroyed. That's an odd simile. Paging Dr. Freud. Stop TikTok, check your clock and take stock. 10,000 hours travel and the helio shot. If you think that that's big, then you're gonna get mocked from the universe's eyes. It's just around the block. Stars in the core, fusion is the cause. Gets ejected with tremendous force. Never gonna land on distant shores. It respects the laws of the helio pole. Stars in the core, fusion is the cause. Gets ejected with tremendous force. It's never gonna land on distant shores It respects the laws of the heliopole Chat out Greg, we've been doing this podcast for three years now Indeed I think that we've developed a connection I think A spark uh, Yeah An electricity mm. Gregoire, I choose you Now get in my ball Sasquatch or Bigfoot, who is who? It's all going down at the Crypto Zoo. My Pokeball. Oh, thank God for that. All the way through that uh, theme song, I was actually really quite worried. <laughs> Even though we didn't play it, I was still worried in my head. This is one that the Frog Princess has been on at me to do oh. for years. Oh, no. Pikachu. Yes. <laughs> That's well timed. It's from you. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently you want me to shut up. <laughs> you don't want to climb in my ball. <laughs> he doesn't listen to me. He doesn't listen to his phone. All right. Okay. Pika, which is the sound that electricity makes in right. Japan. Right. And Chu, mm -hmm. which is Japanese for mouse. So electric mouse. Electric mouse. Electric mouse. Or more like zap mouse. Zap mouse. Okay. Yep. Pikachu mm. stores electricity in sacks in his cheeks right. and breathes electricity. Yes. And he can sense his surroundings with his tail. Is it electrical? It is electrical. Okay. And sometimes it gets struck by lightning. And that doesn't kill him. It doesn't kill him. In fact, is, is it a him or her? It's a species. Oh, okay. So there are so many there's Pikachus. There's many Pikachus. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Good. All they right. live in the forest and you know that they're around because of these scorched patches of earth. <laughs> <laughs> so the one that's with um, Ash, Ash, the one that's with Ash. Oh, I just got that. That's not. That's yeah. <laughs> that's not. Um, that's not the only Pikachu. There's lots of them. Yes. Okay. And and is that one the fully evolved form, or is that the the, the simplest, nicest version? That's the middle one. There's oh. like a baby one, and then there's like a great big hulking one. So the one that's with Ash hasn't got up to the. Uh, even though he fights with it all the time, it needs, it's never transformed. Yeah, it needs a thunderstone to transform. Oh, and Ash has been denying it the whole time to reach its. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's power. kept in. It's, he's neotenized it. Yes, in the had. same way that Mogwai's. Wow. Uh, oh, that's awful. That Ash guy is a terrible human being. He's not even allowing the creature to reach its full potential because he likes having the cute. Ah, uh, uh, nice electrical yeah, joke. Potential. That's right. Full he, potential. You'll find that he has a bit of resistance. Ah, uh, uh, thank you. Uh, he uh, could uh, probably amp it up oh. and get it to the next level. Uh, vaults. I've got nothing. Sorry, vaults. Your capacity for oh, humour fails you. Nice, nice. That's, that's not like that. I find what you said a big load. All right, let's... let's, let's, let's hey, listeners, you, you came for science. You got this, the electrical puns. What? It's a, a load. It's, that's what, a load is like a light. It's anything that goes into the system that actually does, uses electricity. It's called the load. So, what? Oh! I didn't, <laughs> I'm very good. All right, we're done. Uh, we're done. We're done. That's that hurts? No, that's frequencies. I'm going to bash you with a microphone <laughs> in a moment. <laughs>
until I think of another one. Yeah. <laughs> it, just goes, it just goes on forever. It does, it does. Okay. Oh, my God. Pikachu, oh my shut God. up. Shut up. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, <laughs> too loud. Right. Too loud. Picacho stores electricity and juice and breathes it out. Picacho. Picacho? Picacho. Now with cheese. Picacho! Picacho. That's the sound they make during sex. Oh, um, wow. That's, that went so how, how does that work? How does the Pikachu creature... Yeah. Okay. What's going on? What's going on with Pikachu? Pikachu? I love basically Pikachu. Yeah. Isn't it Pikachu? Pikachu, probably. probably I don't know. It's, it's Japanese, so it would be Pikachu. Pikachu. I guess. Three separate, very separate. Oh, then Pikachu. Pikachu. Pikachu, I chase you. Pikachu, eh? <laughs> How would I do it? Well, my first thought would be to go biological and think of an electric eel. So electric, electrical eels have muscles and have little organs in their bodies which can actually store charge. Mm. And they can discharge it very, very, very quickly. And they can store a, 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 enough to kill a horse. Uh, and, uh, it's not enough to kill a horse, but they stun. can certainly knock them down. Right. No, actually, that's, you're probably right. I think I was listening to a Stephen Fry show about this, and they, they, you're right. They don't die from the shock. What they die from is lying in a river with their snout in the water. Oh, no, like, oh, God. Oh, I'm trying to... And they can do it from 20 feet away. Yeah, it's and where my knowledge comes from, I think it was a Stephen Fry documentary, and they showed people... They didn't show up. They talked about people driving cattle into the water. Of course, the cattle go, Oh, I'm shocked! And the, and the heel goes, Holy crap, kill everything! And then, of course, they're done. And then the human then goes, Well, time to walk in the water. And they reach in and grab it. What you don't realise is sometimes the eagle, eel goes, I'll just wait! <laughs> ah, and gets the guy as well. Can, you can shock them out. They don't constantly make electricity. Yeah. So, they've, they've got a build-up. Mm. Each organ... Cause they've, got, they've got like a thousand yeah. of these organs I all lined up. I thought it was like 200, but that's right. Between yeah. five and six thousand. Really? I stand corrected. Each one is filled with electrolytes mm. and has a slightly different charge building from one end to the other. Mm. A battery. Yep. And so in order to activate it, they actually release sodium into their system, mm. which mm-hmm. connects them all up and just goes gazap and turns the whole thing into, like it just discharges from one end to the other mm. and just goes kabam. That's pretty impressive. That's, that's basically a circuit that you just, you just described a battery. Nature has made a battery in a, in a living animal that's full on. And it ch- piles itself up by uh, movement. A lot of movement is what keeps it going. So it's, it's a lot of the time... Oh, it's, does it? I, I wondered up. about that. It's, um, it, I mean, each thing has to do with electrolytes, yeah. but actually it's, it's motion is what does it, a lot of it. But that's my first thought. It's but, not an eel. It's, no, they're not. No, we call electric eels, and they're not actually eels. So it's a knife fish. There you go. Sort of like a catfish, mm. which also uses electricity. Yes, but don't they use it to sense things? Yeah. And not to shock things? They go, hang on. So do platypus. Platypus can Platypus. detect electricity in the water. So, so you have the little crayfish and thing in the in the water, and they they go, hmm, I can detect your electrical signals of panic, and and they go, yum 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 yum. Mm-hmm. They spur you with their back spurs because platypus is a bastard. Platypus is a weird. That's how they are. Anyway, that's a whole platter pusses. Platter pusses. Yeah, yeah, it's not platter pie. Not platter pie. Not even platter pods. Unless you're a wanker. And let's face it, if you're listening to this podcast, you're not a wanker. No, we love you. We lo- now that's that's my first thought. It's so like, don't use platter pods. That's that's uh that's my first thought. But that's boring. To be perfectly honest, that's boring. And that doesn't interest me at all. To come on a crypto zoo and just copy an animal oh, hang that's on, already hang existed? On. Hang boring. on. Boring. No, I mean, that's. I think it's a good jumping off point. Well, but Pikachu breathes electricity. Yes, yeah, well, that's that's also kind of interesting. Now, this 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 is my next point here. That yeah. maybe, maybe it does store the electricity up uh, in its body with these muscles and these, these organs. But also, I think, in my mind, I'd rather now go more geological 
and make some sort of piezoelectric crystal. It's always with the piezoelectric oh, crystal. You better believe it. Because a piezoelectric crystal, you can, by stressing it in a certain way, you can generate electrical charge. Yeah. You get enough of them in one place and you stress them, you can get quite a big charge. In my job, I have a piezoelectric popper and I can actually put a bit of ethanol in a popper, put it on the end of the piezoelectric popper, and I can press it and it launches it three meters into the air. Just. Just, oh, wow. It's pretty impressive. I mean, middle, it's the ethanol burning, but it makes a spark, quite a big spark, enough to hurt you if you're not careful with uh. it, where you have to wear gloves. So my thought is Pikachu has lots of piezoelectric crystals that it either eats and, and when it's young in its neotenized form, yeah. and then when it evolves up, maybe that's the Thunderstone. Maybe the Thunderstone, it, it absorbs it into its face and making things up. Now, oh, no, wait, that'd be the last one, so I can't yeah. Thunderstone. Oh, damn. Maybe anyway. it helps. And it puts lots of piezoelectric around um, its mouth. Could you get those piezoelectric crystals from conductive material like telephone wires and stuff? No, it's an actual crystal, not, oh, okay. not a metal. Because Pikachu eats conductive material, uh, like wires and copper well, and stuff. That might Maybe he's trying to set up his internal systems to pass the power from his, his biological component of ge- electrical generation to the piezoelectric. Ah. But, so the piezoelectric builds up in the, in the face, and then what happens? I mean, I've never seen that. Like, is it fire a lightning bolt out of his mouth? It's, it's, it's basically a big burst of electrical energy mm. that fires out. Well, because the air is a really good insulator, which yeah. means it stops electricity from flowing. That's why you have to get a lot of a charge build up. So that'd be a massive charge in that animal yeah it's and then that's why i don't think it'd be good to have it stored up in a battery form but if you stressed the piezoelectric crystals in the right way especially if it's, if it's eating metal you said before it eats metal yep. maybe it can channel it out or maybe it's got wires and things channeling it out so it doesn't blast its own face like a faraday cage it is not going to blast its own head off electricity this is what i was thinking i was thinking what if it's like filled with iron like its blood is really filled with iron and and other minerals because it's eating these minerals and creates a faraday cage that keeps the electricity inside and then i went that's not how Faraday cages and, and work. It's also not how electricity works. It would just earth itself. Yeah, well, if it, it's it, that's right. Well, if it's, it's inside, it couldn't get out. But no, no, no. If it's in, if electricity's inside a Faraday cage, it it's not that it can't. The signal can't get in or out. You can't get a signal in or out of a Faraday cage. Yeah, so it earths, normally it's on the outside, but it also works on the inside because it um it would have to actually earth. It right. would have to be insulated. I've seen I've seen, I've seen Tesla coils with with the electricity jumps out and and then it it hits the end of the Faraday cage of surroundings doesn't kill everyone around it. Yeah, that earth that's earth. It has to be earth. That's earth. So if the so. Faraday cage is sitting on top of an insulator and there's electricity inside the Faraday cage, it just wouldn't work, would it? it? I, don't, I think it just wouldn't work. Because that's, that's right. how Faraday cages it just ta- it doesn't stop the electricity. It grabs the electricity and channels it into the earth. Yeah, yeah. it just keeps the signal from the center and the outside. But I think it's a piece of electric in the mouth. It builds up enough of a charge. And then when it clicks its teeth, or maybe it goes, Pikachu! It makes the right noise and it moves its muscles. It stresses all the piezoelectric crystals in its face and it blasts out. It, it breaks down the, the basically electrical potential, breaks down the air, and you get a lightning bolt. Oh, so, goodness I... me, for something from a rat, I mean, that's fictional. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Don't. <laughs> Don't ruin this. Now, thunderclouds have a negative charge on the bottom of them Mm. because what what happens in a big thundercloud is that all the positive uh, atoms go to the top Mm. and all the negative charge goes to the bottom of the cloud. cloud, And then the ground is positive Mm. and so the lightning bolt jumps from the negative of the bottom of the cloud to the ground because it's closer than the top of the cloud. Right, okay. Now... If Pikachu And that's why you get more lightning bolts inside clouds because they're... Yeah, they jump back and forth. Yeah. So I think it's like 40% of lightning bolts hit the ground and everything else is up uh, up in the air. Maybe even less than that hits the ground, actually. Mm. Now, Pikachu is often hit by lightning bolts when he mm. puts his tail in the air. Mm. So he, he must be positive charge. 
Well, at least his tail is. His tail is positive but charge. But that makes sense. If, he's, if his electricity coming out of his face, yep. then he's got all his negative charge in one side of his body, and therefore he have a lot of positive charge in the other side of his body yeah. to make more of a potential difference so he can be a bit more of a battery. So if he puts his tail in the air, what he's really doing is, is just making a big big lightning rod yeah. to be hit. So he can charge himself up with electricity. Yeah, that's interesting. And yes. then if he insulates his tail from... His head, his head is massively negatively charged. But then, if he can sort of spit a positive charge of fluid, oh. then and then release the thing. So, in fact, what I think he's, he's doing, spitting. he's lifting up his tail yes. and and doing that thing that cats do, spraying from a <laughs> gland near his anus <laughs> forwards. Right, that is positive. Like it'd be more as well. It'd be more like like um, you get animals that spit, like snakes spit. Yeah, but it needs to be down the tail end where the positive end is. Well, that's why. Uh, because, doesn't oh, it? Oh, I see. Oh, I see. Right, so, so it's a, it arcs over the top then. Yeah, so or like, under the bottom. Or under the bottom, right. So that it looks like he's peeing that out. So he sprays some sort of positively so li- charged and, fluid. And you'll see that he'll jump into the air. Yeah. So he won't He won't lean forward. He'll jump into the air so that right. his feet are in the air in a comical anime-type uh. thing. He's spraying out some sort of negatively like charged... Like a skunk. Right. A, a negatively charged fluid. No, positive charged fluid. Positively charged fluid, mm. and then releasing electrical and stored up electrical, maybe a fluid from his cheeks. Yeah, or some sort of potential anyway. That yeah. hits the str- that hits the stream and jumps from his negatively charged to mouth the to the positive. Who's just been sprayed with? Oh, what's this? That's really good. Oh wow. That's terrifying. And recently, a new there is a new Pokemon that's come out. By the way, so all the kitties who are now playing it enjoy that. Every time you use Pikachu. Enjoy. Yeah, that's enjoy Pikachu's electric musk. <laughs> Good lord, that was interesting. And so long. And and just long enough. And not quite long enough. <laughs> Yay! I've, I've, I've covered that. We, we, no, um, we're totally covered. I just have to remember to edit it properly at the end. Okay. So, lovely listeners, I hope you enjoyed the best of Smart Enough to Know Better, as said by you, the audience, and by us, the creators. <laughs> I'm Dan at smartenough.org. And I am Greg at smartenough.org. Follow us on Twitter at SC2KB. And Facebook on Facebook slash SC2KB.com. You don't know. Or rate us on iTunes. In fact, definitely do that. Go, oh my god, that was the best stuff, that was the best thing I've ever seen. And therefore I'll rate it. Oh, I must rate it immediately. And write a review, write a review, write a review. And get ready for in about two weeks' time, yes. maybe three weeks' time. I don't quite, I didn't count again. In the future. Um, in the future, the next episode will also be a, a best of episode. So you'll just have to wait. Or you're going through the archive and you just skip because you've already heard it. Except there's new stuff in there. <laughs> Look, this well, has gone on too long. But, but this, actually, we we, we but, tried to avoid the rambling yeah, yeah, ends. Yeah, I don't want to do that again. I actually want to say something here. So, where are you? are going to Scotland. Where else are you going? France. So, so if you, listeners, if you happen to be in Scotland and France and you hear this voice... Uh, I will have already lo- left, left Scotland by the time you hear this. Then you have... No, it's not Dan Beeston. Definitely not Dan Beeston. So, but you might see him somewhere in France. Maybe somewhere. We. Oui. So if you see a, if you hear an Australian, it sounds like this. Bonjour. Je parle français très bien. They, then you know that's Dan Beeston. Go up and say... Bonjour. Putain. Hey.
And he's just like, oh, it's amazing what they can do with computers nowadays. Like, yes, because, you know, I just sometimes I just, just sit there and I, I'm waiting for something and I realize there's this little ball and it's just rotating and it's, it's just amazing. It just goes round and the colors change. And I just went, how do they even do that? You, you, you're like, you're, you're gobsmacked by the cursor. <laughs> like, it took me a shot because I, I was like, what are you talking? Oh, shit, it's the cursor. It's the weight symbol. But Dad, but Dad was really like, it's, it's like, we live in an age of wonder. <laughs> it's quite enchanting to watch. <laughs> because the, the, the hues don't change, but the tones do. Um, <laughs> the tones rotate, and, they, and it looks like it's spinning, mm. but the colours don't move. See, there you go. So you also quite take a moment. <laughs>